Shortly after, I accepted the ministerial call of this congregation in 2018, and that became a matter of public record, I started to receive entirely unsolicited, mind you, first-person accounts of people's experience of communal life here, usually at formative ages. I received an email from an associate dean at one of our Unitarian Universalist seminaries, letting me know of her family involvement here, including the years her mother spent teaching religious education. Another UU minister sent me a copy of a sermon she had preached in 2006, describing her first Sunday in the pulpit, which occurred in Wellesley while she was a college student in this area. A retired professor sent me a personal essay or perhaps a draft chapter he had written, complete with photographs and footnotes. He titled it, My Unitarian Youth. I thanked each one of them for sharing the history of this place with me. Yet it was not until I and staff and volunteers began working together, revising and updating our UU Wellesley Hills history booklet for the 150th anniversary of this congregation, a major milestone for us in 2021, that I began reviewing those documents more closely as primary sources. It was then I discovered that this retired professor was an accomplished academic prolific writer and distinguished historian. In fact, Robert C. Williams authored a seminal textbook called The Historian's Toolbox. It is currently published in its fourth edition and has become a standard in the field of study. In the prologue to this book, Professor Williams writes, History is the study of change over time in the past. The past may be over, but its history itself changes over time. Memories change. So do interpretations of past events and the selection of the significant from the apparently insignificant he maintains. History is all around us and speaks to us. We do some history every day without realizing it. One ignores history at one's peril, he insists. For history can help us understand not just the past, but the present and the future as well. Indeed, the helpfulness of history points to precisely why we make such a fuss over our sesquicentennial or celebrate any significant anniversaries at all. We know that our past informs our present. At this moment in America, for instance, we find ourselves collectively reckoning with that reality around systemic racism in our society. But the uses of history need not be solely diagnostic, isolating the most stubborn of our problems, chief among them racial segregation and subjugation. It can also be prescriptive, reminding us of the work we did in our finest hours when we were able to surmount massive challenges. Facing a global pandemic, for instance, which we did little more than 100 years ago with the spread of the Spanish influenza at the end of World War I. Recollecting events from more than a century ago can help us in facing the coronavirus pandemic today. Almost continuously, Professor Williams suggests, we are reassessing what is significant and what is insignificant. He notes that growing up in this church, he had little idea of the roles that the Sharps played during World War II. He came of age during the post-war era, 
and the only minister he ever knew at UU Wellesley Hills was a veteran and former military chaplain, the Reverend Dr. William C. Rice, whom Professor Williams and his generation revered. He recalls another child in the congregation pointing to Dr. Rice one Sunday and asking, Mommy, is that God? Nearly, apparently. As Professor Williams explains in his essay, Dr. Rice inspired us to live by his liberal thinking and values, to question accepted norms, to abhor war, injustice, and racism. He seemed to be a wise and gentle giant to those of us at a certain age. He was granted special status by the Unitarians he served. According to Professor Williams, the Unitarians were seekers of truth and social justice who disagreed about Christianity, imbibed the heady Boston writers like Emerson and Thoreau, and were impressively tolerant of other faiths and creeds. Transcendentalists believed every individual human being could have a personal and immediate experience of the divine, he notes. Unitarians believed in intellectual freedom, social witness, and aesthetic beauty and loving community, as one woman put it. They were also lovers and stewards of nature, pantheistic enthusiasts of the natural world. In short, they were not so different from us UUs of today. After Professor Williams made religious forays into other denominations during his adult life, he reports, he realized that the UU faith and ethos is deeply ingrained in me. The center has held, and I recollect, my Wellesley Hills years from 1938 to 1960, with fondness and admiration for the knowledge and values I still treasure and the people I knew. Only now do I begin to understand the real significance of those years. It's amazing, isn't it? the things we only fully appreciate in retrospect. Those first person accounts I received a few years ago now all echoed similar themes, namely that persons and places and times can make profound impressions on us and even alter our lives with our barely noticing it until much later. At an institutional level, I suspect this is what happened with the Sharps tenure here at UU Wellesley Hills. Essentially time outs what is transformative and important and meaningful for us. But that can take quite a while, longer perhaps than we are inclined to give it. This late in history, we somehow sense ourselves perpetually running short on time. I have observed this happening at both the individual and collective levels again and again. Something religious tradition in particular encourages us to do is to take the longest imaginable view, to look back quite a ways and then look forward just as far as we can. A few UU congregations in the United States have a lengthier history than ours. Some can celebrate two or three centuries or more of existence. In Transylvania, where our partner churches found a handful of churches have existed there for 400 years or more. But each history inevitably weaves in strands of other histories. Holy and beautiful the custom which brings us together, the late UU minister, the Reverend Robert French Levins proclaimed. 
even as our customs evolve with changing times, they can still retain a certain beauty, a certain continuity. The history of UU Wellesley Hills is thick with the history of our town, of Boston and the Commonwealth, and beyond that, with the history of these United States, and yes, colonialism, and Europe and Western civilization, and global history itself, how quickly these strands get tangled. Congregations exist precisely and intentionally to combine histories. Think about that for a moment. In my first year in settlement here at UU Wellesley Hills, this congregation worked closely with librarians from Harvard Divinity School to begin the transfer of our historic materials to their archives. We should all take real pride in that decision the board made to begin the transfer. The amount of documents and artifacts that one congregation can amass in 150 years is truly astounding. The volumes of membership books, collecting members' signatures, the voluminous binders of meeting minutes, the age and yearbooks from decades of Sunday school, the event programs bound over scores of church years, the collections of sermons preached over decades. Once just such materials are cataloged and digitized, Harvard can then share them with scholars around the world for anyone really who has any curiosity about the lives people led in this faith community across eras. Such access would probably have been unthinkable to our founders in 1871 when the railroad was first coming to town. As Professor Williams observes in the historian's toolbox, today's history was yesterday's future. To a degree never known before, professional and amateur historians have access to extensive information sources and innumerable data points. Because of this, Professor Williams speculates, increasingly historians will do best when they combine their efforts and collaborate on teams. That is something we do exceptionally well in congregations, collaborate. We cannot create a common history without combining our own. We all have remembered pasts. We understand others in the past precisely because they too, like us, were human beings, Professor Williams contends. We can empathize with their triumphs and tragedies. We can imagine what we might have done in their situation. So we begin with the past and with the root word of history, story. Honestly, Everything starts with story. The stories that we love most to tell impart a shared spiritual identity to us. They connect us to a larger religious tradition and form us into faith communities where we tell those same stories year after year, generation to generation. I relished getting those batches of first person accounts of life here at UU Wellesley Hills. And I relish hearing the first person accounts that you all have given me and continue to give me about your experiences here, past and present. But I think the stories that I love best personally are the ones that move from the first person singular to the first person plural, from the marvelous me to the wondrous we. Our ongoing sesquicentennial celebrations 
afford us a marvelous opportunity to share our stories. We dare not squander the chance. When we narrate in the plural, when we tell the tales of us, not only do we have an august history, but we also have a more promising future, one that beckons us onward together. There are the chapters that we have written, the ones we are writing now, and the ones still waiting to begin. Let's try to stay for all of those, shall we? <laughs>